0: Hey, how are y'all doing tonight? All right, that was a little... So, um, again, we have um, some worshipers back here in the the bowels of this building, in the corners. Um, So, would y'all give it up for them for sacrificing a seat out here? They get... um, really no view of anything, but there are speakers. The drums are just a lot louder back there. So, um, man, I hope you guys have had a great second week of classes. Has anybody already had a test? Let's see them. Raise them high. Awesome. I know that you are just excited about that. Um, Has anybody had a quiz already? Does anybody have a class where you have just like all you've done is discussion board, or not discussion board, like the intro stuff still, or is everybody, really? Okay, I figure everybody's kind of in, uh, in the rhythm of things now. Can I give you, um, let me just give you a little hint. I say this every fall, so those of you who have been with us for a while, you'll like, this will sound familiar to you, but this is my like, after college, my college hack, okay? Take that introduction post that they tell you to write in the discussion. You guys, do they still do that? Like, you have to write introduce yourself to no one because no one cares, right? And so uh, you, you write that introduction post. Take that thing, all right? This is going to blow your mind. Copy, paste, just put it in a Word document. Then every single class, all you got to do is just change the class name. I'm so excited to take biology and just change it, you know? Every single time, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. I know. I, 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 I see some of you are like, man, that, if, how can Revive get any better than this? It will. It will. Um, hey, let me, uh, let me open with a story for um, tonight. I want to tell you guys about a time that I got to go on a mission trip to the country of Ecuador. Has anybody ever been to Ecuador in this room? Okay, awesome. Catherine, nice, nice. A few of you. Um, so Ecuador is an absolutely beautiful country. Got to go there on a mission trip back when I was in college, and um, man, such a cool trip. Got to, um, I got to go and put on soccer camps with um, a group of some really close friends of mine. It was through the church that I grew up at, and it was an incredible trip. We flew into this uh, town that was on the coast of Ecuador, so when we flew in, we're at sea level, right? Well, the town that we were like running all of these soccer camps in, it was at 9,000 feet of elevation. It's crazy. Like, that's Colorado-type elevation, right? And so we're, we're driving up into the mountains, seeing these, like, breathtaking views. I will never forget. We pull over at a gas station to get some gas. And um, the gas station's kind of on, like, a cliffside, and we walk up to the cliff because we were going to get a picture. And I look, like, way down and out, you know, over this cliffside, and below me, as far as I can see, you know, out in the distance, it's literally as far as I can see. Nothing but clouds, like way down below. That's how high up we were. It was absolutely breathtaking. Like beautiful country and such a cool trip too. She's gonna talk to me all night, so I gotta I gotta put Siri on Do Not Disturb. Um, so yes, yeah, a beautiful trip. Like if you guys get an opportunity to go on a mission trip while you're in college, like I would strongly suggest you do that. There was something about Ecuador though that like man, it was it was really interesting, and I still remember it to this day. It took place in the airport, so. I don't know how many of you guys travel or have traveled internationally before, but when you get off the plane in this airport, this the name of the airport or the city was Guayaquil. It's a, again a coastal city there in Ecuador. When you get off the plane, everything it makes sense, you know, normal airport stuff. You get you deboard the plane, you kind of you know are, are like funneled along to different stops, you got to go through customs, you gotta go and find your bags and do all those different things. Well, as, you, as we start to make our way towards, like, the final steps of getting out of the airport and into the city, we come to this big, like, it was probably a room about this size, honestly. It's a big room, and there's this huge line. Like, this room is full of people. And it kind of threw our team off because we're looking at, the, at the, uh, this room, and we're like, we can see the doors to the city. Like, they are, there's, there's literally one doorway between us and getting out to do what we're here to do. And so we're, we're here, and in this room, it's just this massive line, and we've got no idea what the, the holdup is. Until we look to the like, front of the room, and you see the front of the line, there's something going on. I've never seen this before in my life. In order to get out of the airport, you wait in this line, and once you get to the front of the line, you take your like, passport or your ticket or something like that, and you scan it on a little barcode scanner. And then up on the wall, like right above the doors, they have, I kid you not, it looks like a traffic light, but no yellow light. So it's a green light or a red light. You get a green light, go on, you know, do what you're here to do, like go on into the city, enjoy. But if you get a red light, there would be these security guards who would like come out of these side doors and they would just whisk you off, they'd take you away. We saw this happen multiple times. I don't know where they took you. I don't know if they, if they put you back on a plane and sent you back where you came from. I don't know if they, like, locked you in a closet somewhere and never let you out. But all I know is that it was like either you, you got the green light and you were in or you got the red light and these guys took you away. And so you can imagine our team is like, you know, like, hearts are pounding. Like, we flew all this way to come here and do soccer camps for these poor little children. And there is a chance that we're going to get a red light and not even be able to get into the city. Well, thankfully, uh, we, we did heckle a few people who like got, you know, red lights and stuff and we thought it was gonna come back to bite us, but we did, we ended up, our entire team uh, ended up getting green lights, no problem. We were able to make it into the country, do what we needed uh, to do while we were on that trip. But when I think back about that time, I, I remember like, you know, going through that and as I, I think back about it, I think that that's how a lot of us think that heaven is gonna be like, right? Like at the end of our life, We come, and we we stand before Jesus, and it's like either our past works, and we're in, and Jesus is like, you know, come on in, gates are open, or our past doesn't work, and then, I don't know, like, trap door opens up, you fall out of the cloud, and, you know, down you go. Like, uh, that's, I feel like that's how a lot of people see heaven. It's like either this green light or this red light, and if you're in, you're in, and if you're not, you're not. But is that really the case? Like, Is that really how heaven works? Last week, we started a brand new series that we're calling Shifting Sand. I told you that each week in this series, we're going to be looking at a different lie from culture and a truth from God's word. Because we want to be people that build our life on the solid foundation of truth, not, not lies, because that, that foundation is shifting sand. It will pass away. We want to build our foundation for our life on truth. And so last week, I gave you the lie from culture that Jesus was just a good teacher. And we said, no, that's, that's a lie. The truth is actually that Jesus is God. Well, tonight I have a lie for you from culture that I want to talk about. And I'll just tell you up front, this is a lie that's really growing in popularity, and out of all the, uh, the four weeks that we're going to spend in this series together, this lie tonight is actually the most dangerous lie of all of them. The lie that we're going to be talking about tonight is this, that all roads lead to heaven. That all roads lead to heaven. So if you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to grab them. I want you to turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 is where we're going to be together tonight. And as you're turning there, I want to give you a little bit of context for what we're going to be reading together um, in God's word. So um, in John chapter 14, this is like right before Jesus is about to be wrongly accused, crucified, killed, buried, and and go through all, all of that series of events. This is right before that time, and Jesus is in an upper room with his disciples, and he's, he's kind of talking to them, like they're spending uh, their last little bit of time together with Jesus, and Jesus begins to tell them of all these things that were going to happen to him. He begins to tell them, like, hey hey, guys, here in a few days, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to go away for three days, but I'll be back. But listen, where I'm going, you cannot come. It's what Jesus says in John chapter 13. And classic Peter, you know, like pipes up and he's like, Jesus, what do you mean? Like where you're going, I can't come. I'll follow you anywhere. And this is that famous, at the end of John chapter 13, is that famous part in scripture where Jesus looks at Peter and he's like, Peter, you can't say that. Like he, he rebukes him. He, he says, Peter, matter of fact, before your alarm clock goes off tomorrow morning, like before the rooster crows, You're going to deny me three times. And in that moment, you know, the disciples are like, what? Like, it's just this sense of heaviness in the room. I mean, if you go and read it for yourself, you can almost feel it. It's this super heavy moment, which is why in John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus begins by saying, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He's talking to the disciples. He says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I'll take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And in verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Tonight I want to give you three reasons that all roads don't lead to heaven. And the first reason is this the first reason that all roads don't lead to heaven is this that Jesus is the way. That Jesus is the way. I don't know if you guys know this or have noticed this, but there is this common belief that is growing in popularity that all religions are just multiple roads that are going in the same direction that ultimately all lead to the same destination. It's this idea that, like, hey, it, like, it doesn't really matter what you believe. like We're all headed up the same mountain. We're going to get to the same destination, whatever you want to call it, heaven, paradise, whatever. Like, They're kind of all the same. Like this is a common lie that people are starting to believe. And here's the only problem with that view. The way that Jesus refers to here in verse 6 when he says, I am the way, Jesus, Jesus is say, what Jesus is saying there has nothing to do with you trying to be a good person. See, all, what, what this lie says is, That all these religions, like at the center of everything, again, different roads, same destination. Ultimately, we're just all trying to be a good person. We're all trying to follow the golden rule, like treat others better than yourself. And so if you do that, then ultimately I'm going to get where I need to go. But the way that Jesus is referring to has nothing to do with you trying to be a good person. See, all roads don't lead to heaven because all religions aren't saying the same thing. Christianity says something very different than, than all of the other major world religions. See, every other worldview says, here is what you have to do in order to get to paradise or, or heaven or enlightenment. Whatever that is, here's what you have to do to get there. For, for Buddhism, it's like follow the eightfold path. For the Muslim faith, it's that you have to keep the five pillars of Islam. For uh, the Mormon faith, it's that you have to go on mission. For a lot of religions, it's like that your good has to outweigh your bad. Like, there's all these different things. Here's what you have to do in order to get to where you want to go. They're all saying, if you want God badly enough, here's what you got to do to get to him. If you want him badly enough, here's what you have to do to get to him. But listen, Christianity is totally different. Again, it's totally different. That's why all roads don't lead to heaven because all roads aren't saying the same thing. Christianity is totally different. Christianity is not about you deciding that you want God. Christianity says that God wants a relationship with you. Christianity is not about you doing enough good things to get to God. Christianity actually says that God has done everything to get to you. And Christianity is not about you trying to become a good person because Christianity says the whole reason that God has done everything to get to you in the first place is because, get this, you actually can't do anything in your own power to get to him. Christianity is totally different. And you're like, wait a second, I can't do anything to get to God. What what does that mean? That sounds really different than any religion that I've heard about. Well, the reason for that is because of this thing called sin. And you can think about sin like this. If God's standard for right and wrong, if it was like a target, sin is any time that you miss that target. Whether you miss that target by like a fraction of an inch or you miss that target by a mile, sin is anything that misses the target of God's standard for right and wrong. That's that's what sin is. It doesn't matter how far we miss it. Sin is sin. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That verse tells us that every single one of us have missed that target in some form or fashion. Again, sin is sin. And the problem with sin is this, that it has to be punished. And that's not like a foreign concept to us, right? Like that's how today's legal system works. You do something wrong, there's a consequence that matches the crime. Well, because of our sin, there's a consequence that matches the crime, and the crime is that we have all sinned against a holy and perfect God, that we've fallen short of His standard of right and wrong, and because of that, the punishment that matches that crime is eternity separated with God in a place called hell. It's a very wow. It's a very real. Uh, it's a very real thing. See, Christianity it's not based on you trying to become a good person. It centers around the fact that there is nothing that you can do to get to God. The punishment for any sin is eternal separation from God. And no matter how hard you try, you can't talk your way out of it. You can't work your way out of it. And that's why Jesus says, do you want to get to heaven? You can't on your own. But I want a relationship with you so much that I'm willing to pay the ultimate price. Like, I'm willing to take that punishment for you, which is why Jesus goes to the cross in the first place. Christianity is not about you trying to become a good person. It centers around the fact that you are anything but a a good person. And so if you want to get to heaven, Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. And this is about the point in today's culture, where people would respond to a message like that, and they would go, okay, that sounds great, but that's your truth. That's your truth, and you can have your truth, and I'll have my truth, and we'll be fine, right? Like, we don't have to, we don't have to argue about it. You can have your truth. I'll have my truth, and, and we'll be all good. However, the second reason that all roads don't lead to heaven is this, that not only is Jesus the way, but Jesus is the truth. And notice what he says there in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. He doesn't say, I am a truth. He says, I am the truth. And so what that means is that Jesus is not a truth that exists alongside of a bunch of other truths Jesus, He says that He is the truth. There is only one truth, and it is Jesus. The way that I'm offering to get to heaven is not just one truth, and you can have that truth, and then other people can have their truth. It, it is, it, it's not like that because truth is not whatever we want it to be. Truth, truth is not whatever we want it to be. Here's how I know. I want everybody to close your eyes. Close your eyes. And then I want you to take your pointer finger, and I want you to hold up your pointer finger in there, nice and high. Now, eyes closed. This only works if your eyes are closed. I want everybody to point north. Go ahead, point north. Eyes closed. All right, north is not straight above your head. I'll I'll give you that that little (laughs) cheat sheet right there. Eyes closed. I'm going to give you three seconds, final answers, two, one. Open your eyes. Keep the hands up. So that is absolute chaos is what you're seeing. Um, So I'll just give you, I'll go ahead, for those of you who are doing this, that is false. For those of you who are doing this, we need to have a conversation. So I'll give you the answer. You guys want to know the answer? So north is right here. How many of you were like, Within 90 degrees of of north. How many of you were somewhat close? All right, awesome. So not everybody is totally directionally challenged. Hey, here's the thing. Here's here's why I do that. Because we all know that this is true, right? Like, no matter where you think north is, there's one north. There's one truth, And matter of fact, that that truth, north, it's really narrow. Like there's north, but then there's like true north, right? Like it's very narrow. And if you're off by just a little bit, just a, a single degree, and you travel in that direction for any length of time, what you will find when you get to where you're going is that you were headed in a direction, but it was not north. Truth is not whatever we want it to be. There's one truth. And I know it, it might sound hard to hear, but it's really, it, it's narrow. And, and Scripture says that. It says it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. Jesus says, but the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult. Only a few ever find it. Y'all, there's not a lot of truths, and then Jesus is just one. There is one truth, and it is Jesus. And I realize that to a lot of people, like, man, if you're here for the first time, like you came with a friend, like, I realize that to a lot of people, that sounds really unloving. You're like, how, like, how can you say that? How, how is it loving for you to tell me that I have to believe what you believe? How, how is it loving for you to disagree with my truth, something that I believe, and tell me that I'm wrong? Well, I know it feels unloving, sounds unloving, but like for me to say that, and it's, it's like I wouldn't just stand up here and say controversial things because I think it's fun. Like I'm saying that because I, I genuinely believe, like I, I'm telling you, I genuinely believe that th- that is the most loving thing that you can hear. That there's one truth and that truth is Jesus. Uh, let me tell you why. So tomorrow, actually, um, I'm flying out, heading on a mission trip. I'm going to Albania. Anybody know where Albania is? Me neither. Yeah, I know. It's over. It's in Europe somewhere. Um, so I'm going there, and um, we we have a layover tomorrow morning in Paris, okay? So I'm um, going to Paris tomorrow morning, and if uh, you need to know anything about me, it's this. I don't speak French. Like, not at all. So you you probably thought, man, you're, you're bi-trilingual, you know, something like No, not, not really. So I know zero French, and I'm going to be in the airport in Paris. And uh, I want you to, like, put yourself um, in, in these shoes. I want you to imagine that you're in an airport in a foreign country. It could be Paris, somewhere that, that you can't communicate with anybody. You don't know the language. You don't know how to read the signs. You're in an airport in a foreign country, and you're trying to find your way back home. Like, you need to figure out which gate you need to go to in this airport, which plane you need to get on, that's going to take you back to Atlanta. And so you're looking around, you're trying to ask people, like, hey, I'm looking for my gate, you're trying to show them your ticket, and they say, like, bonjour, and you don't know what that means. And so you're, like, trying your absolute best to figure out how you can get back home. And I want you to imagine you're in that airport, and then you see me. And you, you may not know a lot about me, but you know that I speak English. And so I come up to you and I'm like, hey, what's the problem? And you, you show me your ticket. You're like, I'm just trying to get back home. Can you show me which gate I need to go to so I can know what plane I need to get on that's going to take me back to Atlanta? Imagine if I were to look you in the eye and I were to tell you, don't worry about it. Like every single one of these gates will take you where you need to go. Every plane. Every plane. It'll take you where you need to go. Find one, make it a good one, big one, double decker kind of thing. Like, find you a good one, hop on that thing, and it'll take you where you need to go. That sounds really loving in the moment, right? Until you get off the plane and you are way off of where you thought that you were going to end up. You see what I'm saying? Like it sounds, I I, I get it, it sounds so unloving for me to be like, there's one truth, the way to heaven is clear, it's Jesus. It sounds so unloving for me to say that, but for me to say that is really the most loving thing that you can hear. Why? Because I don't want you to get to the end of your life, get off the plane, and you end up somewhere that you were not trying to go. Because you believe that there were multiple truths. There's one truth, and his name is Jesus. All roads don't lead to heaven because all roads can't lead to heaven. Because truth, it's, it's not whatever we want it to be. Jesus gives us one more reason that all roads don't lead to heaven. And that final reason is this. We said Jesus is the way. We said Jesus is the truth. And finally, Jesus is the life. Jesus is the life. We see that there still in verse 14. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and finally, I am the life. In other words, all roads don't lead to heaven because life is only found in Jesus. So so here's what this is saying. Jesus is saying, because I am the way and because I am the truth, you will not find life anywhere else outside of me. Because I'm the way. Because I am the truth, you will not find life anywhere else outside of me. Eternal life? You're not going to find it anywhere else outside of me. Like heaven, you will not find it anywhere else outside of me. He says if you want it, it's available through me and nowhere, no one else. But not only eternal life, also abundant life. Like life here and now. Jesus says, like, if you want abundant life, if you want like real, meaningful, purposeful life here on this earth now, it is only found through me. It's only found through me because I am the life. Life is only found in Jesus. As I was studying for this, um, this time with you guys tonight, I came across this really interesting place as I was studying. It's a place in Africa. It's called the Dalal Geothermal Field. And there's some pictures that are going to pop up on the screens here of this place. Let me tell you about this place because it's really, really cool. It's called the Dalal Geothermal Field. So the way that you would get to this place, it's beautiful, right? Like, the way that you would get to this place is you would hop on an airplane, you would head to Africa, and you would need to make your way towards Ethiopia. And in order to get there from Ethiopia, it's about a three-day journey by a really cool mode of transportation that is a camel. And so you're going to hop on a camel, you're going to make your way three days out into the middle of nowhere, and if you do that, you'll come across the Dalal geothermal field. Now, here's what's interesting about this place. It is like... Thousands of feet below sea level. It's really interesting. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. Like, you could actually go visit this place if you wanted to. But here's the thing. The Dalal Geothermal Field, I think we got another picture of it as well. This place is actually one of the only places that scientists know about on our planet that cannot sustain any life it can't sustain any life see the reason that it's so beautiful and like these like beautiful colors it's not like camera tricks like that's really what it looks like the reason that it looks that way is because this place actually like breaks the ph scale it's so incredibly acidic that nothing can actually like live there nothing from uh, like you know normal animals to the tiniest of microorganisms nothing can survive in this place this place can't sustain any life. You could go visit it. Like, you could go see it. You could go walk around in it. But if you try to, like, set up a tent, try to make a living, like, you try to make this the place that you live, you're going to die because this is a place that can't sustain any life. And, And my fear for some of you tonight, I think many of us tonight, is that you are looking for life in places where life does not exist. Jesus says, I am the life. Like, if you want eternal life, like, after you die, if you want heaven, it's found through me. But if you want abundant life here on this earth, it's found through me. Some of you tonight have been looking for life in places where life does not exist. You've been looking for life in a relationship. You've been, looking, you've been looking for life trying to find it in some boy, some girl, thinking that like, if I could just find that right guy, if I could just find that right girl, then they would give me what I've been after all along. They would complete me. They would give me life, and I would finally have that thing that I've been craving, like that, that emptiness that's inside me. That person can fix it. It's a place that life doesn't exist. Some of you have been looking for life in places that aren't as admirable. You've been looking for life in things like pornography. You, you've, you're looking for life in cheap pleasure that's gone quicker than you got it, and it always leaves you feeling worse and more guilty than you did before. Some of you are looking for life in your accomplishments. You're trying to find life in what you do, in your degree in like the goals that you set for yourself, in that future salary that you're going to make one day, you think like if I could get that, that would like, that's life. That's what I'm actually searching for. Like, like you think if I can reach this goal or get this level of success, I will have finally made it. But if you've ever chased that hamster wheel before, you'll, you, you know it's never enough. Some of you are looking for life in places where life doesn't exist. Maybe the approval of others. Like you're you're trying to be someone you're not. You want other people to provide you with life because you're you're not confident in your own self. So whether it's on social media or in person, you, you put up this fake you, whether it be through the photos you post or how you try to make yourself look. And to be honest, what you get out of it is not worth near the work that you put in. You're looking for life in places that life does not exist. You're trying to find life in places that, like, they're devoid of all life. Maybe you came in here tonight knowing that. That you're searching for life in, in places that life doesn't exist. Maybe you came in tonight knowing that. You know that life is not found in the way that you've been living because you've been down that road. Like, you've been all the way to the end of it, and you know what's there. It's just emptiness, it's just more shame, it's just more guilt. You know what waits at the end of that road, and you came in here tonight fully knowing, like, if I continue down this road, I'm going to end up making some decisions that are catastrophic. Some of you came in here tonight knowing that. Some of you came in here tonight, and, and you knew that, but you were trying to conv- you're trying to convince yourself that you're fine. Like, like, you started walking down that road, but, but you're just trying to, to convince yourself, like, no, if I can just ignore those things, like, I know that every time I walk down this road that, like, I am worse off than I was before, but, like, I'm going to figure this thing out on my own. Like, I can do it, and I'm telling you, I've been there, and you won't. It, it, you just won't because you're looking for life in places that life does not exist. Maybe tonight you came in thinking, I've found life i found it in these things that you just talked about. Like, I've found life in a relationship. I've found life in my accomplishments. Like, I'm doing just fine. Here's my question. Do you know where that's going to take you? Do you know where that's going to take you? Are you willing to trade what the world calls life now, like temporary satisfaction, are you willing to trade that for death and eternity I don't know where you you came in tonight, like what camp you're in, but I do know this, that Jesus wants to give you life so badly that he was willing to take on the punishment that you deserved. He was willing to die in your place so that you could experience true life in him. Every bit of that weight every bit of that regret, that shame, it can be gone in an instant because abundant life is available to every single person who walked through these doors. Every single one of you. It's available. But it's only available through a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. Jesus wants to give you that life. That, that life that Jesus offers will set you free. You'll no longer be enslaved to the things that took life away from you. You'll no longer be a slave to your sin. You, you'll be free. The, the life that Jesus offers, it'll set you free. The life that Jesus offers, it'll wash you clean. No longer guilty. No longer shameful. But made new. The life that Jesus offers it changes your eternity. It changes your eternity. Like if you make the decision to to, uh, to enter into a relationship with Jesus, it changes your eternity. Like you get a restored relationship with Him forever in a place called heaven. But He's the only way that you can get there, and that offer is available to you tonight. So how do you accept it? How how do you accept eternal life? How do you accept abundant life? That life that's only found in Jesus. Well, I want to invite you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around. I want this to be a moment between you and the Lord. How do you accept eternal life? Well, the answer is this one, I've got great news it's free. It's 100% free. There is absolutely nothing that you have to do to earn it. You don't have to clean yourself up in order to get it. It is 100% free. But it does require you to do one thing. It requires you to take your trust off of the things that you were trusting in to get you somewhere in this life and transfer that trust into the person of Jesus and the work that he accomplished for you on the cross. There on that cross, he showed you how badly he wanted a relationship with you. He paid for the punishment uh, that each and every one of us deserve because of our sin. Jesus gives us ultimate, abundant life. And you can begin that relationship with Jesus right now. So here's what I want us to do. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to lead you guys in a prayer. I don't know where you walked in tonight. I, I, don't, I don't know uh, what's been going on in your heart, in your life, but I do know this, that there are some people that if you continue in, uh, on the path that you are currently on, it is going to lead you to a destination. Uh, maybe not here uh, in this life, but in the next one, it will lead you to a destination that you do not want to be because Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life, and you've been looking for that somewhere else. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. If that's you, I want you to pray this alongside of me. I want you to pray, and it can be in your head. Jesus, I, I understand that I'm a sinner. And I know that my sin separates me from you. I, I want to take my trust off of these things that I thought were going to get me somewhere in life. And tell them what those things were. Relationship, Pornography. Uh, it, it could be accomplishments, it could be approval of other people, whatever those things were. I want to take my trust off of those things, and I am fully trusting in the work that you did for me on the cross. I believe that you defeated death. I believe that life is found in your name, and I want to take hold of that life for myself. I place my trust in you for the rest of my life. Hey, do me a favor. If you, again, heads bowed, eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you. I am not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to move a muscle. But if, if you uh, made that decision, if you prayed that prayer, would you just look right up at me? Would you just look right up at me? Look me in the eye. Awesome. I mean, people all across the room. Praise the Lord. Like, literally the best decision that you can make in your entire life. It's awesome. So I'm going to ask all of you that are looking at me, all of you that are looking at me, a lot of you, all right? I'm going to ask you guys to do this, if you would. And let me actually, before I tell you what to do, um, this is like super odd, okay? And the reason that it's odd is that there are a lot of people in this room. And I don't want to make you do anything that's going to make you uncomfortable, but I do want to be able to answer any questions that you have. I do want to share with you what your next steps are because the life that you are about to step into is the absolute best life that you could ever step into. And I just want the opportunity to share with you what those next steps are. So if you would, each of those, that, each, those of you that just looked at me, if you would just take out your phone and you would scan this QR code on the screen. It Again, no one's looking around. No one's going to judge you. So all those, all those of you who just looked at me, if you would, pull out your phone, scan that QR code on the screen. And it's going to take you to a form. And that form is very simple. All it says is, I've already given my life to Jesus and I want to get baptized. Or I gave my life to Jesus tonight. If you would, check whatever box applies to you and just hit send. All that's going to do is give our team the ability to reach out to you. We're not going to sign you up for a text thread. We're not going to like, ask you for all your information. But we just want to have a conversation with you. So if you would, take your phone out, scan that QR code. Lots of you have already done it. We're going to leave that up for just a second longer. We just love the opportunity to be able to have a conversation with you. Praise the Lord, man. This is, this is so awesome. I'm so, so proud of so many of you. Um, but here's what I want to do. I want a, an opportunity to pray over those of you who have just made that decision. And we're going to respond together. The band's going to lead us here in a moment. Uh, but I want an opportunity to pray over those of you who have just made the decision to change your entire eternity. So let me, let me pray for us right now, and then I want to invite uh, the band to lead us in a time of response. If the Lord is still working, hey, the, this space down front, we don't have any chairs down here this mo- or, uh, tonight, so you guys are free. Come down here and pray. Um, spend time with the Lord. Let me pray for all of you. Father, we love you. Thank you for salvation. Lord, thank you that you change lives, that you change life here and now in this life, and God, that you change eternities. Father, thank you for, uh, for those people, Lord, who made the decision to step into abundant life, eternal life tonight. I pray, Father, that they would take this, that their life would never be the same because, Lord, that's what you do. You did it in my life. God, I was, I was once so lost, but now I'm found. And, 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 Lord, I know that that is true for each and every one of these, uh, these college students here tonight who have made that decision to place their faith in you. God, I pray that if there's anybody tonight who is too nervous to look up, who is too nervous to make that decision, I pray that they would not leave here tonight uncertain of where they're going to spend their eternity. Lord, we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. You guys can stand and we'll worship together.